This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming 800-913 gold 800-913 gold hello america welcome to the glenbeck program the debate Last night, who watched the debate in its entirety? I watched the entire thing. Oh, me too, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, oh, oh my God. Jeffy and I were the whole thing. Jeffy and I were almost the whole thing. You and I had a and I watched nice it twice. presidential debate right. party. Right. We watched it. We, we DVR'd it. Was, we it again. It was, it was so the opposite of what everybody said it would be. They said that there would be no fireworks in it, that it would be boring. These two would be so polite. One of them was polite. The other one was so maddening, so incredibly rude, I just could not take it. Which one could that have been? I know, which one could that have been? And, uh, and then the other guy, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, shall we? Let's look at the debate. One clear winner, Mike Pence. We begin there right now. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Because we have one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Because we are one. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to get into the debate, but I want to preface it with uh, this. Are we more than uh, just who we vote for? Is our citizenship more than just who we have chosen as president of the United States? Does our citizenship require more than just going in and closing the curtain? And then if your side loses, you're done with everybody and you're going to burn it down to the Does our citizenship require more than just the presidential campaign? Are you as an individual more than just who you vote for? Is our country facing uh, trouble that even the next president, unless it's Jesus is just not going to be able to fix. I wrote something up on the chalkboard I want you to see. And I want, I'm going to read it to you if you happen to be listening to us on the radio. Because I want everybody very, very, very clear on these things. Because the election's going to come. Half of the country is going to feel like they lost. And the other half is going to feel like they won. 
whichever, I guarantee you on both sides, whichever side wins is going to want to rub it in the face of the other side. And the other side is going to say, we're going to burn it down. No matter which one wins. I want you to know our problems are bigger than this election. I will go on record to tell you what I believe, and I'm always bad in timing, but I believe this next president, and perhaps sooner rather than later, is going to face. No matter who gets in, you are not going to be able to stop this. Economic trouble and possible catastrophic systematic collapse of the entire Western way of life and banking and business. Catastrophic, systematic collapse. Global war, unlike anything we have seen since World War II, is also a growing probability. I believe it has already begun. We're just not in a hot phase of it yet. But what is coming because of systematic collapse, because no one believes in the Western way of life anymore, we're, we've so corroded it throughout the entire world, nobody looks to it as an answer anymore. That a, a global war is not just a probability. I believe there are those globalists that believe that it is an absolute necessity to overthrow the old system and to redraw new maps and new borders. Many nations in the West will fall or transform, much like the USSR did in the 1990s when they became the nation of Russia. I believe those things are going to come to our doorstep and in our home. And I believe there is a chance that we fall or are transformed like the USSR. I believe in the next four to eight years, the next, the, the public, not the president, the public will have to choose between fascism, communism, or constitutionalism. There will be a growing number of people on both sides that will push for socialism, be it international socialism and communism, or national socialism, or communism. No matter who wins, I believe we will face those things. Everything that you do At this point, we are in the relative calm before the storm. Everything that you do should be to strengthen your resolve on, am I a constitutionalist? Am I a person that believes in the true tenets of capitalism, free trade, common decency, Do I believe in not only the invisible hand, but the moral sentiments that Adam Smith talked about that go with that invisible hand? Because unless we are a good, decent, and moral people, this system is wholly inadequate.
That's not me. That's Jefferson. That's, that's Adams. That's everyone who did it. Unless we are a religious or moral people, this system will no longer work. That's why it's failing. So you need to do everything in your power to strengthen your morality, your principles, your decency, your kindness, and it's going to be a struggle because everything in this, everything in this society is pulling you the other direction. Believe me, I know. Or you need to decide the ends do justify the means. That yes, nationalist, populism, socialism isn't bad. Yesterday, I told you that the Klan and the Nazis. And what's so funny is I saw pictures, not funny, but scary funny. Uh, I saw pictures of the Klan and the Nazis coming together in this, this bar that they own someplace or the, the Nazis own someplace in the South. And it is this bar where they all come together and they all talk about how great the Nazi party is. And there on the wall is the swastika and it says... American National Socialists. It doesn't say Nazi. It doesn't say anything but American National Socialists. So anyone trying to use the alt-right and thinking that the alt-right is going to be good, they don't agree with you if you believe in constitutionalism and if you happen to believe in, uh, well, obviously, decency, and a free market system. They are national socialists. On the other side, if you happen to be listening to your teacher at school, socialism happens to be the step in between, and it is only a pit stop. What did, what did uh, Marx, not Marx, uh, Lenin called it? He said it was only a, a waypoint or, or a, a train station on the way to communism. I mean, Lenin may have said that as well, but Mark said something very similar. Um, uh, 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 the, the, The title Democratic Socialist, which everybody tries to hold on to, was coined by Lenin just before the overthrow of Russia because people didn't want to be communist. And so he said, we're not communist, we're democratic socialists. We will choose between those three things. And I can guarantee you, if we don't stop the hatred, we will only choose between fascism and communism. There will be camps and people will be rounded up. I guarantee it. I want to tell you one other thing. Another hero of mine wrote to me last night and said, I hope you can forgive me, but because of X, Y, and Z, I am going to endorse Trump. And I said, uh, and so I read it, and it was heartfelt, and while I don't agree with his reasons, he made a good case. And I wrote him back, and I said, it is my prayer that you will forgive me for not following you. I believe we are headed for very dark days, and this man is trouble. 
However, I pray that I am wrong, and you will always be like a brother to me. I don't hold it against you for going the other way. I seriously question your judgment if you were on the train from the beginning when we had constitutionalists to choose from. But at this point, when you're like, we got a gun to our head, I understand. But don't get swept up in it. Don't become somebody who puts the jersey on and will forgive anything because economic trouble is coming, global war is coming, transformation and redrawing of maps is coming, and we will have to choose. Now, let me get to the debate last night. Please. Everybody. Because that was fun. Please. That was fun. I think it's fun really important. I mean, it is important. It's really important. It's, it's, you know, it's important to say before because. Slap in the face early in the morning when you're. I know. Way to work, but it's, it's important. Here's, um, why, here's why I feel I have to say these things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Because when the election comes, there's no healing. There's no healing. Well, we've been told that, haven't yes, we? Yes, we have been. And there's, there's no, no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness. And, and, and quite honestly, um, with the things that are coming, you're going to have to prepare to be a leader in your own world. And you are going to lose leaders in your own world. And so you have to be that person. And I want to make it very clear as much as I can, no matter who wins... The left, when these things come, the left is going to say, it's Donald Trump's fault. Now, he may, he may slow it down or speed it up, depending on what he's doing. But it was going to happen anyway. Remember what they did with, with uh, George Bush and Barack Obama. That was coming anyway. He may have slowed it down or sped it up, but it was coming. And Barack Obama used it the whole time. They're going to do that. They're going to use this against Donald Trump if he wins. But they will also do the same if Hillary Clinton wins. And you have to know up front, these things are coming unless Jesus is our president and he decides to violate the the laws and rules of economics. Unfortunately, he's... Not running, and, and the deadline's yeah. already passed. Yeah, I know. So, no, considering know. some of the reaction online, I think he may be running. There are certain, certainly people who think... Yeah, really? So, Kane sure. <laughs> last night, uh, I thought, lost, and I want to get into why I thought he lost. In, uh, in, and it had nothing to do with what he was saying, although a lot of it was making blood shoot out of Awful. his eyes. Oh, my gosh, it was bad. Um, but he lost... The likability vote. Oh, yeah, like crazy. Yeah, and I thought I thought he was going to be. Reasonable. I thought so too. Didn't you? I, I did. I thought he I was thought going to be reasonable. He I thought he was going to win. I thought he was going to win because he could make enough points. You know, with the independents, he could make enough points no, about Pence, Trump. Pence is good. He's I know. But he yeah. would at least hold his own with Pence. Pence is really good. Yeah. Pence blew him out of the water just on presentation. Pence crushed him. Oh, crushed him. Crushed him. Now this. 
Pat, Stu, me, we've all used Blinds.com. Blinds.com has changed the way window treatments are purchased by making it simple and mistake-free. Imagine how crazy it was about 1995 when the still owner of Blinds.com came home and said, you know what, we got to go online. We have to put all this online. Now, they were people that would go into people's homes and measure for window treatments and make window treatments. And the family was like, are you crazy, Dad? That's nuts. Online, nobody knows. You can't. I mean, it takes you forever to download a picture. He said, it's the future. This is why they are the number one blind shade shutter drapes in the world. And they have made it so easy because at the beginning, nobody was shopping that way. They had to make it easy and mistake-free. Blinds.com has a 100% satisfaction guarantee that means even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they will remake your blinds for free. So you get made-to-order custom blinds without paying the custom prices at Blinds.com. Plus, site-wide 20% discount now through Halloween, October 31st. If you use the promo code BECK, go to Blinds.com, use the promo code BECK, get 20% discount now through Halloween. That's Blinds.com, promo code BECK. Blinds.com. We have one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Regardless of whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD. Eight seven two seven back. This is I think so the too. Back program, and, and I don't know how it works out, but that's yep. Okay, Tim Kaine. Whew. Wow, I don't know what his plan was, other than to be the most obnoxious man on planet Earth. Good plan. Oh my gosh. Well, good plan. He tried. Yeah, he, tried. he interrupted 70 times. Oh, did somebody counted? 70, RNC counted. 70, 70 times? times in 90 minutes. Oh my. It was, wow. it was, really it was so annoying because you couldn't understand anyone. Yeah. And, and the moderator kept saying, Senator, Senator. Well, Stop. at times it was just a cacophony of sound because yeah. she was trying to get control. Neither of them would let her. And so it was all three of them at the same right. time yakking. And so you oh, got he came off knowledge. as a complete jerk. Yeah. Both of them. And you know what? Their ties said it all, just like the last debate with the president. Their colors said it all. Tim Kaine was wearing a red tie. The red denotes power and strength and i'm not a pushover yeah because the trump campaign is viewed as bullies and not credible he was wearing a blue tie mm-hmm. same with trump and clinton was wearing a red pantsuit okay so kane was trying to show i'm forceful i'm not a pushover i'm not 
Stupid. Stupid. Because that's not who Mike Pence is. Mike is not a, a bully. He's not. And, and your candidate up at the top of the ticket is just as unlikable for half the country. At least. They both needed to be reasonable. Yeah. They both needed to be, don't worry, America. We're not babies. We're not, we're not little kids fighting it out. And that's exactly how Kane looked. He looked like a, uh, a schoolyard bully. And Pence rose above it. You know, some of the analysis afterwards was basically saying that uh, Pence won the debate, but he won the debate for Pence. Uh, he yes. was yes. not able no. to score points for Donald Trump. No. While, while Kane just came out and while Kane lost it for Kane, he was able to get a lot of the points that Hillary's campaign would want out there. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah. I find yeah. myself looking, watching Pence going, yes, I like you. Oh, that's right. You're there for Donald Trump. But Kane, yeah, I mean, he would be a much better presidential candidate. I mean, if he, yeah. it, this would be a totally different conversation, a totally different election yeah, if Pence was I, the I will tell you, the thing I had a problem with with Pence, and I thought he did really well, and I thought he won, but I had a really hard time with Pence um, because, you know, the one thing he had going for him was he's an honorable guy. And he's oh, trying to boy. defend the indefensible. Yeah. No, but he didn't try to defense it. He, he defended just changed it. the subject. No. He cl- c- claimed... clips I heard. He Over and over and over again, Jeffy. Yeah, he, he claimed he never said those things. He never said those things. Mike. Come on. Stop it. Stop it. We're not living in the 1800s. We could go back to the... We could go back to the clips on YouTube. That's what everybody does, though. They just lie. Just lie. And it works for them. And both of them did it. Both of them did it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Here's a question you wouldn't normally have to ask after a vice presidential candidate turned uh, in a wildly praised debate performance. Everyone is praising uh, Mike Pence for winning the debate. Here's the question. Will Donald Trump completely fly off the handle today because of it? CNN's John King reporting from a source close to Trump that the reviews that Pence did better than he did will not go over well with the nominee. Another one from CNBC. Trump advisor on debate after Pence. After Pence passed up opportunities to defend him. Pence won overall, but he's lost with Trump. I mean, that should tell you. Wow. Everything you need to know about the nominee. Shouldn't it? I mean, the guy did well. He, did, he won the debate. He represented the nominee really well. Really well. He defended him as well as you could possibly defend a guy who has indefensible positions for a Republican. He, he soiled and, himself. Yes. 
And then for the nominee to be pissed off at his vice presidential nominee for winning and looking better than he did, that tells you everything you need to know about the guy. And I, I don't even wow. know how you support that. How do you support that? Wow. I mean, well, you don't know it's true. Right. There's, uh, yes, there's if it's true, yeah. it's unconscionable. It's also possible because there was multiple sources who said the same thing. Uh, or multiple reporters who reported the same thing from sources it's not impossible it's the same source inside of the campaign that's feeding this to multiple reporters so i mean i think it's 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 well it's right to take that with a grain of salt i mean I, there should be some skepticism it's viewed with i mean we'll see Trump, it fits Trump into has, his personality that's for sure it's, it fits into his personality but he also has no control over these things if he's actually pissed we'll probably see it publicly from trump I mean, if it's real, we'll probably over the next few days see him take shots or little pokes at Pence or whatever. <laughs> he can't um, help himself. Right. So, I mean, I think you'll have, we'll know if that's a true uh, report. Pence is a dummy and a loser. I mean, you'll see that tweet come out. Oh, no, he won't say that. <laughs> I know Mike told you this, but really what I meant. You could tell, by the way, that, uh, that Pence won this debate <clears> because all the, after, uh, the coverage afterwards was, look, vice presidential debates don't mean anything. Uh, it doesn't matter what I happened. I will tell you, though, that I watched the coverage on, on Fox, uh, and that's exactly what they were saying before the debate. They were all saying that oh, before they, the debate. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's when they thought they might lose. <laughs> well, I think it's actually true, though. I think it is true. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Even said the only one that really made any kind of difference was Sarah Palin. And Palin actually didn't do horribly in that debate. No. Um, she. Uh, oh, my gosh, but they played it in it. My golly and gotcha and all. Oh my gosh! I remember I being so nervous watching. Oh her. yeah, I was, I was rooting for her so hard. I, I just know. wanted her to do to do well, and she did okay. I mean, yeah. you know, she was going up against Biden, and if Biden's good at anything, it's probably debating. Um, uh, but she she lost that. I had that. Uh, she lost fifty one thirty six in the snap poll of that of that uh, poll of that uh, uh, debate. Wait, wait. So that was the CNN poll immediately after it was Biden fifty one, Palin thirty six. In 2012, Ryan actually won against Biden, 48 to 44 afterwards, which surprised wow. me. I, I don't remember, I remember that, that being close, but I thought they oh, gave the edge to Biden in that. I thought yeah. so too. And Biden, well, of course he did. But uh, and I remember Biden being yeah, we didn't we really watch. obnoxious. Yeah. We watched, we together. watched that together, and we, yeah. and we all remember how Ryan was bad. No, yeah. no, no. Remember how demeaning yeah. Biden was? Yes, but Ryan didn't really shine in that no he did not no, he, did he not. was a little disappointing i mean because yeah. it, this is coming off of the huge romney victory over obama right and then so biden took it upon himself to say we're not going to get pushed around anymore i don't care how many times i interrupt the guy i'm going in there and just interrupting him and cutting off and he did um and so that was a closer debate ryan actually won that one uh, 50 uh, 48 44 going back a few years 1996 gore beat kemp 57 to 28 i don't remember gore being uh, he's coming out on the campaign trail now for Clinton, by the way, and I, I don't I don't remember him being a de- uh, this uh, this talented a debater. I, I remember him being horrible. Um, in 1992, he won the vice presidential debate, 61 for Gore, 19 for Quayle, and five for Stockdale. Oh, do you old ad for that. I that was what I remember that. from that debate was Stockdale. Oh, I remember. I remember Dan Quayle. That was the world famous. I knew Jack Kennedy, and you're no Jack Kennedy. That's when oh, that right. happened. Right. I'm that pretty no, that sure. That was the one before that. Because that was... 
No, he yeah, that wasn't that wasn't Gore. That would be Benson, right? Well, that would be that would be. Oh, ben, oh yeah, it was Benson. Was oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Benson and Quail. So, oh, yeah. that was ugly. Stockdale was the one. Where he's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Remember that? And, and no, that's the saddest. Not story. what he said. No, it's not at all. It's he not. He said, Who am I? And why am I here? Right. And it was and a, that was a rhetorical question of. You might totally. be wondering why I'm here. I'm a third guy. Who am I? I mean, honestly, it's one of those. It's a sad story because the guy's a sad. military hero and, from all accounts, yeah. a great guy who That's got thrown into this impossible situation uh, with no, Perot. Yeah, I know. It was, and that's I'm just I said it that way because that's the way it was framed. It really was framed as this as this guy was just oblivious. He was senile. He wasn't at all. I mean, he was a a, a, a hero of this country. Um, and it's sad that it, that people look back at it that way. But that's the way the media did present it at the time. And that happened. On, it was reinforced on Saturday Night Live. After that, um, it was another one of those that really the, he his entire persona was made by that moment, which was completely unfair. Um, and it, last night, uh, Pence forty eight, Kane forty two, as to who won the debate. So an edge to uh, Pence, not a wow. blowout. Wow, it um, was that close. You know. That's at least what that poll says. I will tell you that um, if Kane wouldn't have been such a jerk, I think it would have been reversed. But he was such a jerk. He came off as a jerk. Oh, my gosh, he was a jerk. Just this, oh, just total jerk. But, and and I, I, everything I've heard about him, he's not that guy. Um, but I don't know what his strategy was, but Pat's going to take us through some of the audio in, in, in case you missed it. Yeah, uh, some fun stuff on, on abortion uh, from, from both candidates. Hillary and I are both people out of religious backgrounds. Her Methodist church experience was really formative for her as a public servant. But we really feel like you should live fully and with enthusiasm the commands of your faith. But it is not but, the role of the public servant to mandate that for everybody else. So let's talk about abortion and choice. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. We support Roe versus Wade. Yeah. We support the constitutional right of American women. Which doesn't exist, by the way. To consult their own conscience, their own... No constitutional ...supportive partner, their own minister, but then make their own decision about pregnancy. About whether to kill their uh, child. And we support that. That's something we trust American women to do that. And we don't think Mm -hmm. that women should be punished, as Donald Trump said they should, for making the decision to have an abortion. And and by the way, Donald Trump doesn't feel that way either. He he did say that because he hadn't thought deeply about the subject. But he and Pence they, made that point. Yeah, and they they cleared all of that up, and so to use that is is kind of silly. Uh, but the <laughs> standards, our standards move, don't they? They do. They they sure <laughs> they, do. they sure are mobile these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, a presidential candidate obviously wouldn't have thought uh, for any in any depth about a topic like that. We just accept. <laughs> no, <with, laughs> I know. Why would it? Why would it be the second time he had thought of the topic in a public interview? <laughs> why would it be? Why not make it the first? Sorry, Pat. You're right. No, it's. I mean, you're of course, right. And so are you. It's a little frustrating, it's but you're sadly, of course. Right. So are you. <laughs> Governor Pence wants to. Repeal Roe versus Wade. He said he wants to put it on the ash heap of history. And we have some young people in the audience who weren't even born when Roe. You know, you know who else wants to put Roe v. Wade on the ash heap of history? Roe. Roe. (laughs) That's a good point. Here's the here's the really interesting thing. 
because I thought this was a really respectful conversation. I expected when they brought up abortion, I thought, oh my gosh, after, after what we've just gone through, we're now going to do this too. Um, and I thought it was going to get ugly. And I thought it was very respectful um, where they didn't just play on the, the uh, they didn't throw gasoline on the subject. He is going to say some, some outrageous things, but it wasn't, it, it was in the normal conversation of two people having a semi-reasonable conversation about where they disagree. And I thought they were respectful of each other, and I appreciated that. The problem with Cain in his position is he talks about how he became the governor of Virginia, and he told the people, look, I, I understand the difference between government and religion, and it is the state law, and so I will not commute the sentences of those who are going to be executed because of my personal belief. I won't do that. Um, and he said every case of every execution that came up during my term, he said I looked at it and I thought the law had been carried out justly. I, I, I didn't see anything that it would say, no, this could be the wrong guy. He said, and I made a promise to uphold the law. Now that is... On the death penalty. Yes, on the death penalty. And personally, I think that is right. The president cannot get into office and say, we're going to stop that, and I'm just going to do an executive order. No. Mm -hmm. We change the Constitution, uh, or you change the laws. That's how you do it. But what he's saying here is, um, you know, I really wrestled. He said, I really wrestled with this as the governor, I, you know, executing people. I really wrestled. But then he says, you know, but we're going to, they want to overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, if you're a practicing Catholic, and he says he is, Catholics believe that is murder. That is the Catholic Church's position. It is murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you believe it is murder... But you believe I'm in an elected office of a representative republic. I cannot just change the law. I'm not a dictator. I understand that. But you also work to do everything you can to stop it. And you, as a person of faith, have not just a right, a responsibility. Work to overturn it. Work to overturn it. Yes. Not to do anything underhanded. Not to make it your way or the highway but to convince people that the law is unjust. What he's doing is saying, look, I, I was working for the bus company, and yes, I was driving people, um, you know, and blacks had to sit in the back of the bus, but I'm a bus driver, and I knew that going in. Okay, all right, I kind of give that to you. Not the same as being an elected official in a republic, but I got it for this analogy. But then... To say, oh, and by the way, in my off hours and, you know, when I don't have the bus driver hat on, I'm not working against, I'm not working against uh, black people sitting in the back of the bus. I mean, it doesn't work that way. The issue here is, of course, he's not telling the truth. The truth is that they do support abortion and they use religion as an excuse to make people who are pro-life feel better about their candidacies. They all come out here and they say... They actually, it's, it's actually despicable the way they use religion, because what they say is, uh, I believe it's wrong, but, you know, you should be, have the, the right to make that decision yourself. 
And the only reason I believe it's wrong, it's not because I can, you know, uh, it's not because there's a really great point here uh, made in religion or that there's a thousand other reasons outside of religion. Forget religion for a second. Nothing to do. You could be pro-life without having anything to do with religion. Child. They act as if they're the victim of this religion. Look, personally, I have no choice but to oppose it because my religion tells me so. But believe me, you can make your own choice. It, they act as if they're not even a participant in, in the religion itself. Yeah. They're just victimized by this edict that they have to oppose this policy. And it doesn't make any sense because, did you hear about the, the young girl who is now being prosecuted for murder because she had a child early? She was pregnant. She had the child early. Uh, the baby was two pounds, gave birth, killed it. Well, What's the difference? Yeah. What, what is the difference? Between None. that especially and partial right. birth partial abortion. Partial birth abortion. Okay. Uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Liberty Safe. Your cash, your gold, your valuables, and your guns are protected. Liberty Safe. You want one of these for the coming time. Now is the time to purchase a Liberty Safe. If you go to libertysafe.com, you can click on me and type in the promo code Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, and you'll get up to $250 in discounts and rebates when you buy you can also check out Liberty Safes in person when you visit your uh, nearest Gander Mountain store. They have about 160 stores nationwide with incredible deals going on right now, including discounts and rebates on select models where you can save up to $500. But you have to hurry. The deals aren't going to last long. First come, first serve. To find your nearest Gander Mountain store, visit libertysafe.com. And while you're there, check out their videos. Watch them drop a safe from 200 feet. See how they survive wildfires and tornadoes. Amazing safes with a lifetime warranty. Go to libertysafe.com right now or visit your nearest Gander Mountain store. Save money with special offers right now at libertysafe.com and Gander Mountain. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. Glenn Beck Program. Mm. Welcome to the program. So glad that you are uh, here. Oh, yeah. Just looking through the emails, it's, it's good. People are really, they're happy. <laughs> uh, they're kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're, they're not um, in some fantasy world. Like I contend both candidates were last night. Both. If I heard Kane say one more time that we have stopped the Iranian nuclear uh, bomb building, okay. we stopped it without a single gunshot. Without a, sing- without a single without, bullet. Buddy. Without a single bullet, bullet single gunshot. Uh, and the Israelis love it. Yes. The Israelis yes. love it? They did pull that out, too. Well, that's, no, they uh, don't. Gen- yeah, no, a general said that. Okay, well, there might have been that one general, but the Israelis do not love it. <laughs> An Israeli might love it. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. No, it's really not. It, I mean, wow. living in this world of delusion where the facts don't matter and apparently we can't go. And they all say the same thing. No, 
Go ahead. I'll go, ahead. I'll go look it up yourself. Knowing that no one will. And we just all accept our own little facts. Welcome to Fantasy Island, my friends. Yes. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Russian newspapers today are predicting a direct conflict with the U.S. It is getting frightening. Quote, nuclear war with the West could happen soon. End quote. This is from uh, the Russian newspapers. And more on the debate coming up. We begin right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Tensions rise in the Middle East and an official TV news channel in Russia has issued a chilling warning that war with the West could be imminent. A nationwide TV service run by the country's Ministry of Defense, so this is, this is Pravda, if you will, said, quote, schizophrenics from America are sharpening nuclear weapons for Moscow. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday proposed a law suspending the Moscow-Washington agreement to dispose of weapons-grade plutonium. Officials on Friday said that underground shelters had been built, which could house 12 million people, enough for the entire population of Moscow. 40 million people this week are going through emergency drills And it looks like they are preparing for a nuclear war. Russia has clashed with the Western powers over its policies, where it's accused bombing civilians. The U.S. suspended negotiations in the country yesterday. Both Russia and NATO are still in the position to unleash global-scale nuclear attacks, and the weapons are armed and ready. The United States and Russia uh, still deploy more than 1,500 strategic warheads on several hundred bombers and missiles, far more than necessary to deter a nuclear attack. Holy cow. Oh. Interesting to note, too, that uh, Russian newspapers are predicting direct military conflict with the U.S. Yes. Um, it is, uh, you know, nobody wanted to hear how I opened the show today, but um, let me say it again. Economic trouble, possible catastrophic, systematic collapse of the entire West Global war, unlike anything we've seen since World War II, is a growing probability, and many nations will fall or will transform, much like the USSR did in the 1990s, and we will be in a position of having to choose between fascism, communism, or capital- or uh, constitutionalism, and that will happen no matter who wins um, the, um, the, the, the White House. Be prepared. Yay! Leon Wolf is uh, with us. He's joining us from uh, Red State, where you um, helped build that thing, along with Eric Erickson, what, for the last 11 years. 11 years. Um, and he is now our editor-in-chief at The Blaze, um, and we're excited to have you uh, join us. 
Thank you, Glenn. What did you think of the debate last night? You know, it's, it's interesting. I think, I think a lot of people's impressions pretty much universally were that who watched the debate were that Mike Pence won. I think that he came off better during the course of the debate. Just because Kane, and I've watched Tim Kane for a long time, didn't really seem like himself. He was much grumpier, seems like, than he usually was. He very was negative. a jerk. Yeah. He was a jerk. Yeah. And I mean, I've never seen him. I've, off. Yeah, I've always heard that he was a nice guy and a gentle guy and, you know, a quiet. He was, an, he was a, a jerk. He seems to be playing a character. Like, yeah. I, it was the same thing at the convention speech, yeah. was, was, which was weird. He was trying to be goofy and make all these jokes. And here he was a lot of prepared lines. I don't know if that's just his role in the campaign or what. It's, well, I it's think, strange. Yeah, I think he was assigned a job going into the debate, right? It, it's, it's not to win the debate because I don't think anybody cares who wins the VP debate. He was assigned a job was to get commercial material to cut. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about just before the show. Yeah. So, was, so, so he walked in with a new commercial. And do we have this? Hillary Clinton is the first mm-hmm. on the air with a commercial uh, from last night's debate. Listen. <laughs> Here it says, Mike Pence realized he was running Let's with Donald with Trump last night. praising Vladimir Putin as a great leader. Donald Trump and Mike Pence have said he's a great leader. And Donald Trump has... No, biz- we have has- Putin's been a very strong leader for Russia. Vladimir Putin has been a stronger leader uh. in his country than Barack Obama has been in this country. Donald Trump, on the other hand, didn't know that Russia had invaded the Crimea. Oh, that's he, he, He's not going to go into Ukraine. All right, you can mark it down, you can put it down, you can take it anywhere well, you want. He's already there, isn't he? Donald Trump has said it. Deportation force. They want to go house to house, school to school, business to business, and kick out 16 million people. And I cannot believe you're going to have a deportation force. Donald Trump and I would never support legislation that punished women. Should the woman be punished? Oh. Yeah. Some form of punishment. More no, nations should get nuclear weapons. Don't put try to defend that. Mouth. Well, he never said that. Wouldn't you rather, in a certain sense, have Japan have nuclear weapons? Saudi Arabia we nuclear have weapons. weapons? Saudi Arabia, absolutely. Donald Trump said keep them out if they're Muslim. Mike Pence put absolutely. a program in place to keep total and complete shutdown of Muslims. He is asking everybody to vote for somebody that he cannot defend. Okay. So this is the ad that they just released and dumped online, and it's much more effective with the visuals because you see Mike Pence just shaking his head and denying each one of those charges. And I think, Leon, you might be right that that was his job, is get a good viral commercial out of it, period. Right. I mean, I think every year the, the VP sideshow is much more insignificant than the presidential sideshow, but I think this year it's doubly so because I think the central question of this election is can you see Donald Trump sitting behind the desk at the Oval Office after something like 9-11 happens? Is that something you can even possibly conceive of in your mind? I think that's what the gut check America is being asked to do right now is. And I think that uh, Tim Kaine, for however he came off in the debate and probably didn't do himself any favors, I think his job was to drive that point home. And he may have scored some effective points along that line. I don't think he changed anybody's mind. I think he hardened people in their own. I mean, if you are a Trump supporter, you had no problem with Pence saying he never said any of those things. Well, that's what Pence has to say, right? Because he's, right. he's a reasonable person. So he can't say, I agree with all the crazy things that Donald Trump has said. His only recourse is to say, no, he never said those things. I mean, I think that was his only possible because... It's our job as human beings to say, yeah, Mike, yes, he did. I mean, that, that's the hard thing. 
these politicians are putting us in a no-win situation because they're in a so-called no-win situation. So they're putting us in that no-win situation where we're having to go, hmm, well, he's lying and he's lying. I mean, this whole thing about, I mean, you could make another commercial for Donald Trump where he's saying, you know, the Israelis love this idea, this deal with Iran, and they've completely stopped. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And the Israelis don't love that idea. I mean, you know, you could make the same kind of commercial. They're both liars. Yeah, in order to win the debate last night, Mike Pence had to prepare to lose the post-debate fact check. Yeah, that yes. was the position uh, he was in. And yes. I think that's what he, yes. that's probably the best case scenario. I think he accomplished that. Yeah, I agree. He, you know, the blue tie said it all. He had to look stable and like somebody you could go, oh, I could see him. As long as he's in the room with him, I, I would be okay with that. It's sort of a central thing that's been raised from this election, too, is, is what do you want from people? That you, people that you interact with politically, people you act with, interact with with media. Do you want someone who is going to say that a candidate has lied, even if you want that candidate to win? Do you want to go to someone and have a conversation and, and then they say, well, no, actually, let me give you a justification or I will deny that he said those things or... Do you want that, or do you want someone who's going to say, look, I want that guy to win, however, uh, he's lying here? That, I want that. I want that. A hundred percent, I want that. That is, I, I, we may be in the minority on that particular point. We but may I, be. <laughs> we absolutely are. We absolutely are. We absolutely are. Yeah. It, I think there's Trump about 10% of the country that wants that. don't care. Yeah. You don't care how much he lies. And neither do Hillary's supporters. And, and, and it's it's both sides, I think. It you know? is. I mean, oh, it is. Do you think Democrats want to go turn on a media source and hear, uh, actually, Donald Trump is way worse and Hillary Clinton is telling the truth about her emails? Or do they want someone saying, look, Donald Trump is crazy, uh, but I you think, know what? Hillary Clinton is, is really bad on these emails. She's handling herself terribly and she's corrupt. I, mean, I as a Democrat, would want that. Yeah. Right. And, and it's amazing because we, for the last 10 years, have been saying... Is there no one, is there no one on the left who will say the emperor has no clothes? Is there not one honest journalist, one honest person who says, look, I'm part of, I'm not going to vote for your side, but our side is despicable here. The answer has been no, no. We've gotten a few journalists who are at least asking some tough questions during the Obama uh, administration, but not really, not really taking them to task. There hasn't been anybody on that side. And yet, when you find them up for, you worked with Eric Erickson. Right. Red States, pretty never Trump. Uh, you, I mean, Eric's taking a bludgeoning for it, <laughs> a bludgeoning for it. Yeah. Our side at least has had a few stand up and go, I, I can't play this game. I want my side to win. I think my side's right, but not on this because they're lying. Yeah, you know, I definitely haven't seen, and, and we were told that this was going to be the year that we have all the Bernie or Bust people, right? They were like, we're going to stand by these principles and we'll go vote for, you know, Jill Stein or whoever it is. I think those people have much more assimilated into the Hillary Clinton machine than a lot of the yeah. never Trump people have assimilated. Despite what the media would have you believe, because a lot of them say, well, this, this movement is dead. It's totally insignificant. And, and it's, it's not true. I mean, a lot of the polls that you show, that you see, show that one of the fundamental differences in this race is that Hillary Clinton is pulling over 90% of registered Democrats, which you would expect 
But Donald Trump is pulling between 80 and 85 percent of registered Republicans. And that's a major difference. Yeah, I saw in North Carolina because she is pulling she's pulling every black. She's pulling every black in North Carolina. And he is pulling, what, 60 percent or somewhere in that area of whites. He's they say it's unless he picks up eight points of whites or eight points of blacks or eight points of Hispanics or a little of each, he's not going to make it. Well, and that's the analysis I saw last night. And he's, um, and I saw the, the New York times Siena did a poll a couple of weeks ago. Mitt Romney kind of eked out North Carolina because he won uh, Mecklenburg County and suburban Charlotte white voters by over 21 points. And Hillary Clinton is running even with those voters with the suburban wow. kind of wealthy Charlotte area voters. Um, they want nothing to do with Trump. And I, I live in a very wealthy county myself in Tennessee. And back in 2012, I saw Romney Ryan signs everywhere. I see, I've seen maybe two in my entire area of the town. So, but what do, how much, Jeffy and I were having this conversation yes. earlier today. How many people are actually secretly for Trump? In the cold, dark, lonely place of that voting booth. Right. It They're comes like, down you know to what? I, don't, I never tell a friend that I did it, but right. I'm voting for Trump because I can't take her. They'd never put a sign up, but they, but they, uh, they, can't, vote uh, but they can't vote for it. For oh, instance, I, have no doubt, I have no doubt he'll win Tennessee, he'll win my county. But the enthusiasm is definitely way down between kind of your core Republican voters. You know? How do you see this? Do you see her winning or him winning at this point if it was held today? I see her winning. See her winning? I see her winning probably by more than what the polls are predicting. And anything that could happen that would change that? I think it's difficult. And I think that the kind of the... So all the polls basically work on assumptions, right? It's supposedly a science, but it's basically an assumption by every pollster of what the electorate is going to look like. And one of the things that that I don't think anybody knows is to what extent kind of Trump's rhetoric about Hispanics is going to affect the makeup of the electorate. Whites and blacks in this country vote at about a rate of 62-63%. Hispanics who are here legally vote at a rate of about 51%. So, so they, they are drastic undervoters in this country. Uh, if, so even though they represent, Hispanics who are here legally represent about 17% of the United States population right now, and the, they tend to pull in 9 to 11% of the electorate. If they actually become 17% of the electorate, this could be a 10 or 11 point whitewashing by Hillary Clinton. That nobody I will coming. tell you this, if that turns out like that, the Republicans are doomed from here on out because that is the election that has made them Democrat for the rest of their, for the rest of their life, rest of their life. Um, let me take a quick break, and I want to just come back and ask you about what you see the future of the press because I think there's no coming back together. As much as I want and as much as I'm willing to come back together, and we have to come back together because we're going to need each other, I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening where half the country is going to say they stole it, um, you know, you own it or whatever, and we're not going to go down this road together as a nation. And, and the, it just gets worse. If Trump loses, that movement's not going anywhere. Um, how, what happens to us and what happens to the press? Because right now the blaze is 80% owned by the probably one of the bigger never trumpers in the but our our front page does not reflect that we i've never said to reflect that i want it to be fair on both sides i don't get involved in the editorial process but you watch 
any other media source. You know Trump, you know CNN. I mean, uh, Drudge, you know CNN. You know Breitbart, you know Fox. You know ABC. You know, you know. You know who they're for. Is there a place for right down the middle anymore? What does that, can that even succeed or be done anymore? Sponsor this half hour is realestateagentsitrust.com. You want to sell your home with as little drama as possible. You want an agent you can trust, an agent that will work for you. I don't know if people actually, if people care about anything but money, if people care about the way they're treated, the, the way uh, if somebody keeps their, their promise, if somebody actually does the job they were hired for, um, or if they just care. They, just, they don't care how it's done. They just want the most money. Um, I want to make the most amount of money I can out of my house, but I also want somebody that um, uh, keeps their word and, and uh, doesn't have a lot of drama that goes with them. Houses that have been sitting on the market for months are selling. People are, only, are able finally to take that burden off of their shoulders and they can get moving now because they've engaged realestateagentsitrust.com. We have individually selected agents that will work to earn your business and earn your trust. And the reason why you'll trust them is because they do exactly what they say they will do. They'll sell your home. Realestateagentsitrust.com. You're looking to sell? Go there now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The most expensive um, 15 minutes on commercial airwaves on a daily basis is coming up in a second. Um, It is our serial this week. It is um, a four-part series on Hillary Clinton and all of her scandals. And it is pretty in-depth. And we didn't get to all of it. There were lots of stuff. And we didn't get any of the conspiracy theories about, oh, there's a hundred and how many? hundred and three? 103 dead bodies in their wake. Didn't get to any of that. Um, These are just the verifiable facts. Oh, Jeff, he said it's 104 now? Four. Okay. (laughs) Somebody in the last hour, Jeffy? Always a new one. Uh, So we're with Leon Wolf, who was with Red State as their editor-in-chief and has now moved over to theblaze.com. What what is the role of the media? How? uh, Because I think everything is about to change dramatically in the next four to eight years. Um, what happens to the media? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting dynamic that, that, that we're seeing right now. And somebody wrote a great piece about it. Somebody in National Review, Jonah Goldberg or Jim Garrity, and I, I forget who it was so that I can credit them properly, but they made a great point, which was that one of the things that conservatives have accomplished and I think we've had a fair complaint about liberal bias in the media for years and years and years. I don't think there's much to dispute for that. But one of the things that we've accomplished in harping on that so much is that we've destroyed the ability of anybody to be a gatekeeper anymore. Yeah. There's nobody that anybody... Right. So, so in other words, you go to somebody and you say, well, it's a fact 
that Trump said this. You understand that, right? There's no dispute. And they say, well, and you, somebody says, well, prove it to me. And you say, well, look, here's this New York Times article. And they go, wow, that's New York Times. I don't believe it. Even if they have a video clip of him saying it, people will disbelieve it because it's yeah. on the New York Times site. Right. And it's, it's um, and, and I think that a lot of the kind of the legacy media, which is liberal, has reacted to that by saying, all right, fine, look, if that's the way you're going to feel about us, we're not going to care. And, and kind of the response to that on the other side of, of Fox News, and I have, I have good friends who, who, who work for Fox News and who mm-hmm. are there, they are flat out told, you know, if, if there are people over there who don't like Trump, you know, to, to, to keep it on the down low. And I, and I think that it's depressing to, to find so many um, news outlets. Everybody just goes into their corner and there's, I don't know that many people are even trying anymore yeah. to say, you know what, we're objective. We're down the middle. Leon Wolf. Uh, new uh, editor-in-chief for TheBlaze.com. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, and it's good to have somebody of your uh, your spine and your moral character leading the uh, ship. New editor-in-chief, Leon Wolf. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. Back in a second with our serial, Hillary's Scandals. What do you want Hillary to win? We are one. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Bill and Hillary Clinton burst into the national consciousness during the presidential election campaign of 1992. Up until that point, very few people outside of Arkansas had ever heard of them. Bill Clinton was young, considered good-looking, hip, and knew how to appeal to youthful voters, as he proved on a show called Arsenio Hall, where he played the saxophone. With his supportive wife, Hillary, on his side, Clinton came out of nowhere to win the presidency, something that a year earlier seemed virtually impossible with the incumbent president, George H.W. Bush, at about 90% approval rating following the first Gulf War. But their days in Arkansas, embroiled in the Whitewater scandal, the affairs and questions about Hillary's association with the firm where she had been a partner, and the legality of some of her actions there, continued to haunt them. Among other things, there were questions of conflict of interest regarding state business and that same politically connected and powerful Rose Law Firm in Little Rock. Clinton argued the questions were moot because all of the transactions with the state had been deducted before determining the pay Hillary received from the firm. But more questions and concerns arose when Bill Clinton announced that, with Hillary, voters would be getting two presidents for the price of one, a promise at which many Americans balked. Since the American citizens don't have the opportunity to vote two-for-one presidential specials, But those questions and concerns were overcome. But Hillary and the newly elected president's scandals certainly didn't end there or at the Arkansas border. 
freshly moved into their accommodations at the White House in Washington, D.C. They allegedly began illegally obtaining FBI files on their enemies, almost exclusively Republicans, but also others who happened to get in their way. This became known as Filegate, and it was first discovered by the House Government Reform and Oversight Committee as they were investigating Hillary's Travelgate scandal. The committee found that the FBI files had been improperly accessed by Craig Livingstone, a former bar bouncer Hillary had hired to work in the White House counsel's office. However, Hillary blew the scandal off as, quote, completely honest bureaucratic snafus, end quote. Investigators eventually accepted her explanation and dropped it. As for Travelgate, Bill had taken office in January of 1993, and in May, seven employees of the White House Travel Office were suddenly fired. This action was unusual because, while staff employees serve at the pleasure of the president and could be dismissed without cause, in practice, such employees usually remain in their posts for many years. The White House stated the firings were done because financial improprieties in the travel office operation during previous administrations had been revealed by an FBI investigation. Others, however, contended the firings were done to allow friends of the First Lady, Hillary Rodham Clinton, to take over the travel business and that the involvement of the FBI was unwarranted. Heavy media attention forced the White House to reinstate most of the employees in other jobs and remove the Clinton associates from the travel role. Bill was cleared by an independent counsel, Kenneth Starr, in 1998 of any involvement in Travelgate. But Hillary was found to have played a central role in their firings. She was also caught lying about her involvement in it. However, again, no action was ever taken against her. Hillary spoke to Barbara Walters in 1996 about Travelgate. A 1993 memo by a former White House aide, David Watkins, was made public in which he says that you were responsible for the firing of seven people in the White House Travel Office because you wanted to have an Arkansas uh, travel agency take its place. And there would have been nothing illegal about you doing that. But you have said you had no idea how the decision was made and that you had nothing to do with it. That's Is he lying? Well, I think what is fair to say is that I did voice concern about the financial mismanagement that was discovered when the president arrived here in the White House travel office. I think that everyone who knew about it was quite concerned and wanted it to be taken care of. But I did not make the decisions. I did not direct anyone to make the decisions. But I have absolutely no doubt that I did express concern because I was concerned about any kind of financial mismanagement. Also in 1993, a religious cult known as the Branch Davidians, led by David Koresh, were suspected of weapons violations. So President Clinton's Attorney General Janet Reno sent the ATF to raid their compound in Waco, Texas, in an attempt to serve a warrant. In the ensuing gun battle, Four government agents were killed along with six Branch Davidians. That gave rise to a 51-day siege of the compound. On the final day of the siege, the FBI launched an attack on the Davidians, firing tear gas canisters into the home to attempt to drive Koresh and his supporters out. This is when a fire erupted that killed 76 men, women, and children, including Koresh himself. 
Questions remain on how the fire began, but a government investigation in 2000 concluded it was started by the Davidians themselves. Facts that we know now indicate that the FBI did not set that fire. That fire was set by David Koresh and the people in that building. It was a terrible tragedy that it came on the heels of federal agents being killed, just murdered. We've got to put it in perspective, realizing that as we do, it is still vitally, critically important that we pursue every aspect of the investigation. 1993 was quite a year for the Clinton White House. Hillary's close friend and Deputy White House Counsel Vince Foster, with connections to both Whitewater and the Travelgate scandals, was found dead on July 20th from a fatal gunshot wound to his mouth. His death was ruled suicide. Federal investigators were not allowed into Foster's office immediately after his death. But White House aides were. That gave rise to speculation that the files and or evidence were removed. After Ken Starr ruled Foster's death a suicide, one of his key investigators claimed the ruling had been predetermined and said the crime scene had been altered and stories about the event killed. Barbara Walters discussed the tragedy with Hillary. You know there is the reoccurring rumor about you and Vince Foster. What was your relationship with him? Oh, he was one of my dearest friends, Barbara. He was a colleague, he was a partner, he'd been a friend of my husband's since they were boys of four or five years of age, and I miss him. You know, there is then this whole business after his suicide of whether you tried to um, have records removed or have them examined before they were shown uh, to the Justice Department. And you have said that you uh, did nothing to uh, impede the investigation into his death, had no concern over access to the documents in his office. You know, I want to be very clear about this. Okay. There were no documents taken out of Vince Foster's office on the night he died, and I did not direct anyone to interfere in any investigation. In the mid-1990s, Hillary allegedly had a brainstorm. Bill needed money for his re-election campaign, and the Chinese had money. Lots of money. The Chinagate fundraising scheme was hatched. Chinagate is perhaps the most underrated, unknown, and yet disastrous scandals in all of American history. It involved the transfer of America's most sensitive technology secrets, including, but not limited to, nuclear missile and satellite tech, apparently in exchange for millions of dollars in contributions to the Clinton campaign effort and the DNC. The allegation is that Hillary came up with the plan for the administration to sell seats on its taxpayer-funded trade missions in exchange for contributions. During those missions, the Chinese gained access to vital and secret American technology. The case was so serious and so damaging that the Commerce Department asked for a judgment against itself to avoid any further revelations. The court refused and insisted the Commerce Department conduct a new search for trade mission records and authorize discovery into the illegal concealment and destruction of government records. Congressional investigations, FEC investigations, a criminal inquiry by the Justice Department and the FBI followed. The DOC eventually changed its trade mission policy, which abandoned all political contributions affecting mission seats. 
During the investigation by the Department of Justice, about 120 people connected to Chinagate either fled the country or pleaded the fifth to prevent testifying. Clinton friend Ya Lin Charlie Trey pleaded guilty to charges of violating campaign finance rules in exchange for having pended indictments dropped against him in Washington and Arkansas. According to news reports in 1997, Democratic donor Johnny Chung received a $150,000 transfer from the Bank of China three days before he handed then First Lady Hillary Rodham Clinton's chief of staff a $50,000 check. President Clinton admitted in 1997 that he invited major campaign donors to spend the night in the White House. The Clintons hosted 404 overnight guests. Judicial Watch brought a lawsuit on behalf of the shareholders of Laurel Space and Communications Limited. Laurel had transferred sensitive U.S. missile technology to China in the 1990s. The CEO, Bernard Schwartz, gave $1.5 million to various Democratic Party entities, including Bill Clinton's 1996 re-election campaign. At the same time, Schwartz and Laurel convinced the Clinton administration to transfer Technology Export Licensing Authority from the State Department to a more politically influenced Commerce Department. Schwartz and Laurel then obtained licenses from the Commerce Department that were needed to launch Laurel Manufactured Communication Satellites into orbit from China. Yet, as always, friends, acquaintances, and the United States of America paid a hefty price. But Hillary and Bill came away unscathed. It's interesting to note that finally in 2006, without notice or without fanfare, an appellate court upheld an award of $900,000 to Judicial Watch for attorney's fees and costs from the trial. Where there is billowing smoke, there is apparently never any fire, at least if the Clintons are connected, except when other women are involved which we will cover in the next episode. Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 104 people dead. <laughs> Not covered in this. Not yep. covered. That's, that's why you want her to win. I knew I know, it. I, I knew know. it. We've been saying it. You've been denying it. I know. But if you didn't want her to win, you'd talk about all the murders. I mean, that was <laughs> essentially a Hillary Clinton love letter. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised if she just releases that as an ad. <laughs> about this. And there's an hour of it. A whole hour of it. Where can I get it, though? It's not gonna, he's not going to post it. Oh, he's that. hiding it on his yeah. website. No, oh, Glenbeck.com. Yeah. On several websites. He's hiding yeah. it yeah. right there in yeah. plain sight. So you don't see it. And it's free and you can share it with others. Uh, And there's not the only one about Hillary Clinton. There's also there's also one about all the Democratic donors and uh, (laughs) all kinds of stuff. Hey, are you evil? Share information about Hillary Clinton, Uh, Uh obviously showing that you are supporting her. (laughs) (laughs) That's how crazy this world is. Uh, Locked door is not a deterrent. If a thief wants what's inside your house, he thinks he's entitled to what you have. I'm going to share something uh, with you, a new, uh, a new survey, an economic freedom survey has just come out. It's pretty devastating news, pretty devastating news. And we are just headed down this road of socialism um, so fast. Uh, and people are now 
starting to say things like, I deserve it. If you can't keep your stuff in your house, then you don't deserve it. It's mine. As if it's some game. If you want your stuff to be safe, the, the time when most people steal things at the house is during the daytime, not at night. They don't want you there. So they take it during the daytime. Who's watching your house in the daytime? Do you have a burglar alarm? And at night, your family is there. Do you have a burglar alarm? Do you have glass break, entry, motion sensors? Do you have all of those things? And if so, how much are you paying for it? Most likely you're paying 40 or 50 or $60 a month for the system and the monitoring. You own the system with Simply Safe. It's yours. There's no wiring. You own it. You can take it with you. You can, you can uh, you know, move it to your kid's dorm room. You own it, and you're in control of your life because not only are there no wires, there are no strings attached, there are no contracts. $14.99 a month, and if you want to cancel next month, you just cancel next month. No long-term contract. Protect your home the smart way. Visit simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, and you'll also get a free shipping on your order and free keychain remote worth 25 bucks. It's simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the newsletter and get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. ISIS, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, has been poisoned. Oh, no. ISIS is now arresting several suspects to find out who and what terror group uh, has gone after uh, al-Baghdadi. He is the self-proclaimed caliph, which has absolutely nothing to do with that insane idea of a caliphate. Who talked about that a few years ago? What a nutball! Oh man, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Yeah. But it's uh, a chalkboard thing. Yeah, going on. right. Oh, oh I will say this, and I do not use <laughs> this, these words lightly. That is Looney Tunes. Okay, <laughs> Looney Tunes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man, that's oh, rich. Yeah. That's rich. He was hard. Yeah, watch what hap- Watch what happens. With uh, Russia, because that's Looney Tunes too. <laughs> the 1980s are calling. <laughs> they want their policies back. <laughs> I didn't even know the 80s had hands. <laughs> Let load a telephone. That's awesome. Oh boy. Mercury. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Let's get back to the VP debate. Uh, it looks like uh, Pence won, but it wasn't a landslide in all of the polls. Some people are saying, some reporters are reporting that Donald Trump is upset at Pence. I find that hard to believe. Um, I mean, hello, 
He won. He's doing his job. He did his job last night. Um, We'll get into that a little bit, but also where the ball was fumbled. And we go there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Wow. Was there a fumble? Well, I don't even know. Do you think Tim Kaine, Leon Wolf was in, who is now the uh, new editor-in-chief of The Blaze, uh, and uh, he brought an interesting point up because there's a new ad that has just been released for Hillary Clinton where they took... Tim Kaine laying out all the things that Donald Trump said, and then Mike Pence denying it. And they took that and they showed, you know... Pence Trump saying, has indeed said everything. Yeah, and, and he's like, well, he never Kane said Kane. that. And then they... So he kept bringing this list up. And Pence said last night, you know, you're going to repeat that list again? He said it, and he kept saying it. I'm wondering if that was the only plan knowing that it wouldn't so. be real, you know, heavily watched. It wasn't going to be a blowout either way. Mm-hmm. And what we want is Pence on record to make this ad. That could have been their strategy last night. <laughs> yes, it could have been. It Pretty is. good strategy, really. Yeah. Just get him on record denying it, and then we'll prove he said it all. Yeah, but said he it was all. so obnoxious last night. Yeah, he's terrible. He was so obnoxious. Terrible. What pieces of audio do you have? Left. Uh, we, we've got where they, they sort of battled over uh, Trumping like a maniac. Um, they went back and forth on, on that and the, and the dictators that Trump has praised. Donald Trump can't start a Twitter war with Miss Universe without shooting himself in the foot. Donald Trump doesn't have a plan. He said, um, I have a secret plan. And then he said, um, I know more than all the generals about ISIL. And then he said, I'm going to call the generals to help me figure out a plan. And finally, he said, yeah. I'm going to fire all the generals. Yeah. He doesn't have a plan. But he does have dangerous ideas. Here's four. He trash talks the military. The military is a disaster. John McCain's no hero. The generals need all to be fired, and I know more than them. He mm. wants to tear up alliances. NATO is obsolete and will only work together with Israel if they pay big league. Okay, these are all actual, legitimate right. things that Donald Trump has said. There's no denying it. You can't get around it. He did say it. I tell you, if, oh, this, if Hillary Clinton... So hard. If Clinton wasn't such a socialist, yeah. crazy woman... She was like a conservative Democrat, a moderate... Yeah, a, a moderate a Democrat, Democrat from the early 60s. Yeah, yeah. If she were even Tim Kaine... Uh, she she would she would win, but she is so terrible, terrible yeah. that I mean we are talking about we're talking about an economic I believe global economic depression coming soon sooner rather than later. We are talking about the possibility and the real probability that we are going to be at war with Russia. Now Russia. If, um, uh, published today on, I'm sorry, said on one of the state-run, by the by the uh, foreign ministry, their state-run television 
saying that nuclear war with the United States is on the horizon. Now, this is something that they're doing over a four-day uh, a four-day dry run of emergency preparedness, and we told you about it yesterday. Uh, what is it? Forty million people are involved in this dry run. Forty million Russians are having to go through this dry run of of a nuclear attack. Today, state-run television comes out and says nuclear attack is in the is probable that it is in the future of. Russia. Right. And they talked about what, 12 million, a bunker for 12 million? Or 12 something? million. They also announced today that 12 mil, uh, new bunkers have um, uh, been built under Moscow to house 12 million people in Moscow in case there is a nuclear explosion. Amazing. And we're arguing about garbage. We're arguing about garbage. Mm-hmm. And everything that he was saying here goes to does he have the temperament? Does he have the knowledge to weather the storm of economic destruction and war with Russia? Yeah, and there was a lot more. Third, he loves dictators. He's got kind of a personal Mount Rushmore. Uh, Vladimir Putin, Kim oh, Jong-un, Muammar Gaddafi, oh, and Saddam Hussein. And last and most dangerously, Donald Trump <laughs> believes, Donald Trump believes that the world will be safer if more nations have nuclear weapons. He said Saudi Arabia should get them, Japan should get them, Korea should get them. And when he, when he was confronted with this and told, wait a minute, terrorists could get those. Proliferation could lead to nuclear war. Here's what Donald Trump said, and I quote, go ahead, folks, enjoy yourselves. I'd love to hear Governor Pence tell me what's so enjoyable or comical about nuclear war. Governor Pence. Mm. Did you work on that one a long time? Because that had a lot of really creative lines in it. Okay, well, I'm going to see if you... <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? I don't know. I mean, it's just, first of all, quite clearly, he memorized a yes. very long list of statements. And he came off as very prepared throughout the debate. Yes, he yes. did. Um, which is just a presentation problem. So it's kind of, you know, uh, it's a smart tactic by Pence uh, to utilize sort of commenting on his presentation rather than commenting on the facts, which are slightly inconvenient in that particular moment. <laughs> and, and, you know, again, like we, you, you criticized, I think, correctly, and, and as have I, Pence, Pence's uh, pattern of just saying, well, he didn't say those things. Um, when he did, this is a better option, right? A better option is to say, well, you know, look at you, coming up with all those fancy lines and sort of mocking his presentation and then going into another point. At least he doesn't have to sell his soul uh, by saying that he didn't say these things when he clearly did. So that's why, I, it's a, it, tactically, I think it was a smart move. I think it is funny to a lot of people who are seeking the normalcy bias. What he just laid out is terrifying. <laughs> you don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe it. It is absolutely terrifying. And Pence gave you a way out gave not you to a way, believe it by mocking. Correct. By making you just laugh yeah. at the funeral. You know what I mean? It, you're, you're, we are searching for the normalcy bias, and Pence just gave you that feeling of, ah, that's crazy, and you more than want to take that option. We try to do that all the time with Mr. Catastrophist, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's true. It is. 
Look at what you guys did he after I... to bring the, the funeral potatoes to, <laughs> yes. to the wake. I mean, if we're going to... Gonna, someone's going to die, we might as well eat. <laughs> right. um, oh, the, the, there's no doubt about that. You guys that. did it today when I laid out. Do you guys disagree with what I put on the chalkboard today? Uh, no, right. I mean, yeah, let I me, think let all me, those things are really possible. Me, I don't know if they're imminent. Let me... Right. Uh, imminent is... <laughs> I believe... That is going to happen sooner rather than later, and I believe it's going to happen with this next president. Whether it's four or eight terms, or uh, four or eight uh, uh, years, maybe it was terms. eight terms, might be terms, be uh, four or eight uh, years. It could be tomorrow. I don't know. I'm always bad at timing, mm-hmm. but I believe, man, with everything in me, um, I keep hearing because I, I keep praying. Should I tell what I said to you, Pat, about what I keep hearing in my prayers? You know, maybe we discuss that off okay. here and then so, maybe later. Um, economic trouble and possible catastrophic systematic collapse of the economies of the West. Does that sound crazy? To some people it does. How? But all the headlines. <laughs> well, all, I mean, that's I mean, not what normally headlines. happens. Catastrophic headlines. I know that. Every day. When you look at Deutsche Bank, when right. you look well, at... Well, first of all, most people aren't does. looking at Deutsche Bank. Right. But I mean, again, we saw, and I, look, to be fair, and you say this about uh, timing all the time, we looked at many of the developments in Europe and said that this, were, you know, this could very well happen. Um, and all, none of those things have gone away, but those things have not occurred yet. Right. But because all we have done is delayed the inevitable and quite honestly made it worse. Right. So you- every step we took delayed. Now, yes, we could delay this, but it only makes it much worse. Much worse. Um, okay, so economic trouble, possible catastrophic system collapse. Global war, unlike anything we've seen since World War II, is a growing probability. Um, many nations will fall or transform, much like the USSR did in the 1990s. And we will need to choose between fascism, communism, or constitutionalism. No matter who wins, those things I believe we're going to face. And I said that earlier this morning, and you guys immediately went to comedy because Mm -hmm. of the seek for normalcy, the search for normalcy. And I think that's what the crowd did last night. Because listen to the list again. Play that list again. Listen to what he's saying. If these things are true, it's really troublesome. Donald Trump can't start a Twitter war with Miss Universe without shooting himself in the foot. Donald Trump doesn't have a plan. He said, um, I have a secret plan. And then he said, um, I know more than all the generals about ISIL. And then he said, I'm going to call the generals to help me figure out a plan. And finally, he said, I'm going to fire all the generals. He doesn't have a plan. But he does have dangerous ideas. Here's four. He trash talks the military. The military is a disaster. John McCain's no hero. The generals need all to be fired. And I know more than them. Stop. He wants only only. Uh, maybe two of those are true. He trash-talked John McCain, but that's not trash-talking the military. I don't, I've never so, heard well, him... He didn't trash-talk John, John McCain. He said that the, he th- liked people who weren't captured. Yeah, so, well, he trashed... By calling him, by saying he's not a hero. Look, I don't like John McCain at all, but the guy was a hero, man. Right, but I mean, that, I, that was... That wasn't him saying John McCain is bad. It's pe- he said, John, I, I, I like people who weren't right. captured. So, I mean, I think it's... I don't think it's completely inaccurate to say that he trash-talked people who weren't captured, right? I mean, or who were captured. 
And that was that was the yeah. issue. Where it wasn't just a right. hey, I said something mean about not, John McCain. Yeah, he's not trash talking. He's not talking down the military. That's one thing I have not seen him do. You've seen him take the military part. I've seen him take the generals apart. He said he, well, said, he said they'll the, do what they're told. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He, he told that he when when the military officials came out and said no, we're not going to do unconstitutional things for you. He said they'll do it. They'll do what they're told. Believe me. Believe me. Uh, I mean, that was one of the most. I mean, and that even with Trump supporters at the time who had family members in the military, sons and daughters in the military. That pissed people off. As a New York, that pissed Trump people off. He's also said that the military is weakened, that we're not... But it is. We can't... Well, I mean, but that's talking down the military. No, it's it? not. Well, it's telling the truth. Yeah, well, the He's truth is to some. There's a lot of people who would disagree with Oh, uh, not a, a single... People. Not a single conservative that I know thinks the military is at its best right now. We have been, we have been sorely weakened by this administration. We're the smallest Navy since 1916. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we are, we, our, our boys are worn out. We have, we have ridden them hard. I mean, I think there's valid concerns uh, and yeah. complaints that Trump has had about the way our military runs, yes. uh, the things that we've done in the military. However, uh, he, I don't think it's unfair at all to say he's, he's been trash critical. And tra- I mean, trash talking is a little bit of a, a, you know, a way of saying he's been very critical and at times unfair to the military. The biggest thing out of all of those, the, to me, the biggest thing out of all of those was he said, I'm going to fire all the generals. I know more than the generals and I'm going to fire them all. That hubris is beyond my wildest imagination. All right, go ahead, Pat. To tear up alliances. He NATO is obsolete that. and will only work that. together with Israel if they pay big league. He Third, that. he loves dictators. He's got kind of a personal Mount Rushmore. <sighs> Vladimir Putin, Kim oh, Jong-un, Muammar Gaddafi, oh, and Saddam Hussein. Come on. He has not carved a mountain of those people at this time. <laughs> no. And he has never. But he has said, he has said he admires all of those he's, guys. Yeah, he's praised them in some he's way. He's praised them all in some yeah, way. He's overstating that, obviously. He has, a, yes. you know. Um, he doesn't have a Mount Rushmore. He has not said unqualified support that they're all awesome. But he's been certainly more favorable to those people than any other public figure in politics. I mean, has anyone ever – He has no one – and it's because Trump can get away with more, right? I mean, Trump is a guy who just says stuff and, and, and he doesn't pay the same price as other politicians. But I don't remember anyone ever being like, ah, yeah, here's one good thing about Saddam Hussein. Like, Trump does that sort of stuff all the time. Now, I don't think that means that he thinks, well, I should run the country like Saddam Hussein or what Saddam Hussein killing people was a wonderful well, his idea. His point is, is that he has all of these love affairs with the worst guys He's, where he sees the positive. Yeah, where you don't see the po- I don't I'm sorry. I don't see the positive no. on Vladimir Putin. Yeah, you can run your country very effectively. Hitler did, too. So did Mussolini. He ran that country very effectively. That's not that's not necessarily a good trait. That's not something that you hold up and say, you know what, he's a good leader for his people. No, he's not. No, he's not. His people, he's a dictator. His people are living in fear. Yeah, I mean, many of the worst things that have ever happened to humanity are government actions uh, that were done by strong leaders and performed efficiently. That is not a good qualification for someone actually running a country. No. But those, th- I mean, that could be... Those really- kind of dictators, just in the 20th century, killed more than the bubonic plague. We should pay attention to that. You don't say nice things about those guys. So I think you're right, Pat, that, you know, 
you hear all of those things and you got to laugh. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? he's obviously prepared and just reading a litany of things. And while a lot of them are true, there are also a lot of things that have been out there for a while. Now this, that's why denial of them was so bizarre. Because we all know, I mean, these yeah. were not small things. Mm-hmm. Uh, now this, an incredible offer. Take advantage of it while you can. A year's supply of food for nine ninety seven. When you need food, during and after an emergency, it's going to be difficult to find. But that's talking about an emergency. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about the fact that maybe times get tight. You still have your job, but times get really tight and you have to make ends meet. Imagine having a year's worth of food, that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner, for one adult for an entire year already taken care of. Now, how much would that cost you? This with my Patriot Supply is now nine ninety seven. That's a year's worth of food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for an adult for nine ninety seven. You can order it online at preparewithglenn.com. Preparewithglenn.com. Do it now. Um, that's enough food to feed four people for three months. Nine ninety seven. Eight hundred nine four six twenty three twenty five. Eight hundred nine four six twenty three twenty five. Limit two at 1-800-946-2325 or preparewithglenn.com. The Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Program. 888-727-BECK. Let's go back to some more audio here of uh, the debate from last night. What's next, Pat? Uh, with the discussion on the dictators. I'll tell you what will really make the Middle East dangerous. Donald Trump's idea that more nations should get nuclear weapons. Saudi Arabia, Japan, South Korea. Ronald Reagan said something really interesting about nuclear proliferation back in the 1980s. He said the problem with nuclear proliferation is that some fool or maniac could trigger a catastrophic event. And I think that's who Governor Pence's running mate is, exactly who oh, President on. Reagan warned us Senator, about. Senator, that was even beneath you and Hillary Clinton, and that, that's pretty low. Stop. But do you, do, you think, Stop. do you think... Stop. Put yourself on the other side. Is that hyperbole? If you see Donald Trump as a guy who should not be anywhere near the buttons because his temperament, no matter what he says is the best, the idea of Donald Trump, of Putin, saying something to him or embarrassing him on the stage and Trump just going, I've had enough of this guy and us just going to war. Is that that unreasonable? Now, that's not pushing the button, but going into war because of bruised egos? Is this a trick question? No, right, okay. right. Because we've talked about that before. Right. I mean, well, I, it's I, one of the reasons why I <clears> had <throat> an, you know an issue with some of the more uh, critical people in the primaries coming out and endorsing <clears throat> Rick Perry. Obviously, we've talked about right. Cruz and others. 
It's like, well, if you really believe that this guy is dangerous with nuclear codes, you really don't want him in charge. I mean, that's not any different than what Rick Perry did say during the campaign about Donald Trump. He's not saying it now for political reasons, but he said it before. Is it any different that Hillary's guy is saying it? The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. Whew. This is going to be this is going to be nerve wracking all the way down to the wire with this with this race for for all of us. And then, you know, if your guy or woman wins, I guess it's going to be happy for for half of the country, um, or I think a third of the country, because I think a third is really only behind either one of these guys. And the other third is like, I don't think there's a winner in either of them. Right. I mean, at least the Senate will, and will, will be interesting oh, um, at the very least. You lose the Senate, we're in deep trouble. Um, you know, there's some – right now, Trump – and we said this going back to uh, before the, the conventions. Yeah. Trump's going to – he was trailing at that time. And we said Trump's going to make a couple runs at this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a question of when he gets close, what can he do with it? The convention happened. He made a run. He basically got it up to about tied. And then uh, she had her convention, and it went back the other way. He started trailing by 8 and 10 points in many polls, and slowly, over several weeks, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, got it down to, again, about even right before that debate, and then uh, it has gone the other direction since. Um, the, uh, the average poll has opened up from under a point to over four points. Um, the latest poll that just came out uh, several minutes ago um, was uh, a national poll, 45 for Clinton, 36 for Trump. So we're starting to see, again, those 8, 9, 10 point, uh, in, a, in a two-way matchup in that particular poll. Is 50. Uh, tell me the poll. I mean, is it a good poll? Yeah, uh, 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 Fairly Dickinson, uh, graded A. Okay. Um, so it's uh, a good, good pollster. Good it really, I mean, he has to, were there two more debates? Yep, two more debates. He Sunday has to win one. both of them. I think it would help a lot. There's always the out, taking out the outlier circumstance, you know, an economic collapse or uh, Russia releases uh, footage of Hillary Clinton killing kittens. You know, it, what, it, there's an outlier crazy October surprise thing that you can you can never really fully account for. Outside of that, he's got a couple of debates um, and he needs Those... to make sure he makes no mistakes. I mean, really, when you look at Trump, when he's under control and reading teleprompter, he's done pretty well. Yeah. I mean, he every time he's done that over an extended period of time, he's been able to chip yes. away at her lead. Yes. When he's been in trouble, it's when he when he loses the debate, and then he starts tweeting at three twenty in the morning, and then he keeps going on television and talking about how fat Miss Universe is, and and oh, these things over and over again. People are like, Ugh. they. I believe they want to vote for Trump. I think that it, it just, is he just is to lose. Yeah, he keeps talking them out of it. Yes, you know they're like he. Because they desperately want to vote for someone who's not a politician, 
who's not the typical annoying, corrupt person that they've known for a million years in government. Nobody they want to vote for somebody Nobody different. They just, he keeps talking them out of it. Yes. Um, if he was more under control, you know, we've seen what's happened. I mean, after he got behind and seemed to make that switch to the Roger Ailes sort of school of thought, he did very well for four weeks. Uh, Hillary was in real trouble. It came down to basically a tie. And in the debate, he reverted back to old Donald Trump, and he's been having trouble ever since. Uh, I mean, it's the trend lines are pretty clear on that. Um, We're seeing now a lot of state polls, too, which are looking bad for him. And things in um, North Carolina, there's been four polls, four polls in North Carolina, what is an absolute must-win state for Donald Trump. Four polls have shown Hillary Clinton up recently, though narrowly. I heard this last night. Um, I don't remember who I was listening to. Um, but I heard this last night, and they have early voting in North Carolina. And I yeah. think it started, hasn't it? It's already started. Yeah. Um, in person, early voting has not started, but uh, the early voting has started overall. Right. And um, the early voting, um, they're expecting to go Hillary's way. Yeah, usually I think the early voting, and of course this is one of the reasons Democrats like it, Yes, uh, because it tends to favor them. However, we're talking about now over a third of the country that votes early. This is not just like, oh, here's a few people. You know, the absentee vote used to be a thing. And, you know, some people would do it. Military people overseas, people that happened to be away out of the country at the time. It wasn't a huge factor unless it was a really close election. Now we're talking about 35 percent. And that was 2012. It's probably going to be higher than that this year. Um, the, the other thing about um, this is this is where. You know, what we said at the very beginning uh, was he is not going to attract the minorities. In fact, the long term, I think he's going to be deadly to the Republican and conservative movement with minorities. Um, Blacks, huge in uh, North Carolina, huge number percentage wise. Mm -hmm. uh, And Hispanics are uh, play a great role. If the Hispanic and the black turnout is good, there's almost no way for Donald Trump to win unless he pulls the suburban soccer moms that Hillary seems to have right now and pulls them towards him. That's why you're seeing uh, a lot of activity from not only Barack Obama, but Michelle Obama on the campaign tour, going or go, campaign trail, going around and trying to convince uh, minority voters to come out and say, hey, I know, I know you kind of really don't really like Hillary and you liked Barack, but uh, come out anyway. We swear it's for Barack. Remember they were saying that for a while? Like, uh, like this, I take this as a personal uh, part of my legacy. Am, is anybody else shocked at how much support Barack Obama has given Hillary? Yeah, he's, I think he seriously, I mean, there's that animosity isn't there. Um, I mean, it might be there personally, but I think he does. I think that's the reason. He really does see it as, if I come in here and I have eight years and I pass a few liberal things and... Uh, and then it turns back to Donald Trump. What have I proven? Um, you know, my legacy is at risk. And again, his legacy to me is not at risk because it's already in the crapper. Um, but uh, for him... That's not in the crapper. We flushed it. We flushed a it a long, long time ago. Time ago. Yeah. Um, so for, but for him, I think that's legacy protection. You know, having Hillary come in here, and then if it screws up after this, it's Hillary's fault, right? Like, for, right. you know, for him. Um, you know, I, I, it, that's a, probably a big thing for him. A big Republican supporter who... Um, has not really been a fan of mine, um, um, really for quite some time. Said to me um, last week, 
uh, I said, where do you stand on this? And he said, oh, I'm going third party. I said, what? Now, this guy is GOP central (laughs) third party. What do you, really? He said, I have played this scenario over my head over and over and over again. And he said, I know this sounds horrible, but four years of Hillary Clinton is going to allow us to get our crap together. Uh, And uh, with what's coming, it will be blamed on her and we can get our crap together and take it in four years. If we have Donald Trump with what's coming, it's going to be blamed on the Republicans and you don't survive it. Mm. I mean, I've heard that from so he some was, conservatives arguing to vote for Hillary, which I am not doing. Yeah, no, he wasn't even doing that. No, he wasn't even doing that. But he was like, he, he said, I, I'm telling you, it's... Yeah, the argument is not that Hillary will be conservative. It's that we are... If, if Hillary wins, we're four years away from potentially running a conservative. If yeah, Trump like, wins, we're no, no, eight no, years the, away from... Like really running... No, it, it, no, his point was... Not only running a conservative, but running the table. Because what's coming will be so devastating and so bad. And blamed on and blamed on Democrats that you can run the table in four years. Interesting. Yeah. And on top of it, uh, uh, he said uh, uh, he doesn't believe that you will be able to run. You had Donald Trump in there for, for eight years unless things are just magic But he believes, like I do, we're headed for so much pain that no one's going to be able to stop that it's going to be blamed on whoever is in office in the first place. And so he's like, I don't think you run. I don't think you can. I think the Republican Party is over in four to eight years. That's pretty significant. It's a guy who's given a lot of money, Mm. a lot of money to the GOP. Uh Speaking of these uh, swing states, listen to this. This is registration data from these swing states, and it's interesting. So 2004 in Colorado, uh, George Bush won Colorado. It's the last time Republicans won. Uh, He won by 100,000 votes. The registration edge for Republicans in Colorado that year was 177,000 votes. So what you see is essentially Republicans have a larger uh, registration edge than their final vote total. The next closest years, uh, which, the next closest year was 2012. Republicans had a 40,000 um, uh, registration vote lead, so they had 40,000 more voters, much less than they did in the Bush year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Obama won by 137,000 votes. Okay, it's 08. That's 2012. Oh, 2008. I bring you to that one last because they had the smallest registration edge that year. Republicans registered still; they still had a registration edge in 2008, but only by 11,000. And Obama wound up taking the state by 215,000 votes. So in the blowout year, uh, the Republican uh, registration advantage in Colorado was 12,000 votes. So far this year, 2016, for the first time, Democrats have an advantage in registration. Oh, my gosh. By about 6,000 votes. So it's it's 18,000 votes worse than 2008 in Colorado. Now, the polling is not showing that much negativity, and, and that might be reflected in the idea that maybe Trump is winning more independence than McCain did or whatever. It doesn't, it's not a death sentence, um, but it's pretty amazing. If that holds up, I mean, 
it's going to be incredibly difficult. And this goes to ground game. But you watched last night. Did you see the dial test with Frank Luntz last night? I didn't see it last night. Okay, so... um, uh, Pence did very well in it. Pence did really well. It's the independents that you need to watch. GOP people are going to be GOP people. Um, It's the independents to watch. And he did really well with the independents. You know, if you can pull those people away um, and make sure that you have enough of the independents, you could pull it off. But if he loses the independence, do you know anything about the independent vote? With Because he's not losing the independence to the third party. She is. She's losing them to Gary Johnson. She's, she's doing worse with, um, with third parties. And the reason for that largely is younger voters. Um, you know, her two issues right now are um, minority voters who are not as enthusiastic. They're generally voting for her, but they're not as enthusiastic as they were for Obama. So they're worried about turnout. And um, millennial voters who are saying, eh, really, Hillary, eh, I'll vote for Johnson or Stein. Um, they're not necessarily voting for Trump, but they're just, they're, they're leaving her. And she needs higher percentages of those to really put this away. Though these recent, more recent polls, she's improving on those things. You know, the biggest How is change, he doing with I- independence? Uh, I, I can pull up a couple polls on his independence. Why don't you do numbers. that? And real quick, let me tell you about our sponsor. Sure. Um, Wall Street analyst weighed in yesterday. Central bankers have fostered a casino-like atmosphere where savers and investors are presented with a choice of participating or not in markets previously beyond imagination or scraping like dogs for tidbits of of a return at the zero bound. This cannot end well. That is a Wall Street analyst yesterday. Basically what they're saying is, oh, the big money can get in here with this, with this, with the cheap, you know, money that the Fed is pumping in, and they can play at the big boy table, and it's all bogus at the big boy table, and it's going to uh, come back and boomerang around and get them in the neck. The little people, what are you going to do? We're 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 play, play, playing for the scraps at the table because our interest rates, even at our bank, are near zero. Do your homework. Get the facts. I want you to consider gold. If what I said on today's show, economic trouble and possible catastrophic systematic collapse, is, is truly finally here, um, I mean, all bets are off. But you better have something tangible in your hand. And the one thing that the world always goes to when, when currency goes wrong is gold. Goldline is the exclusive dealer of the first encapsulated square coin. It's the legal tender unit from uh, the uh, Perth Mint in Australia. And you can buy it exclusively at Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Buy with confidence. Their guarantee programs um, will, uh, ensure that you acquire these special gold bullion units available exclusively, exclusively from Goldline. And if you hit the right parameters, they're guaranteed that, that is not going to change. You'll be able to, if it goes down, you'll get more gold at the end of the year. If it goes up, you can buy more at the lower price. Only Goldline does this. Call 866-465-3546. Read their important risk information. See if buying gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Confirm or deny? All right, Stu, give me the stats. A uh, couple of interesting things from uh, this is the most recent poll just came out. Um, ha- when you're asking about independent voters, pretty split. Um, uh, 37, 36, uh, 21 percent going third party in this particular poll. Nah, that's not necess- you know, these polls change. Um, but it's kind of interesting to see pretty much split among independents. Mm-hmm. Now, Romney won independence, if I remember correctly. Um, still, obviously, mm-hmm. um, there is not a president Romney. I don't know if anyone's right. noticed that. So it was not good enough. But he's. So I think there are more independents than there were back then. I, I, my gut tells me that. But it's also yeah. It's a lot of what people have noticed over the years is a trend for people, particularly uh, right leaning people, to become independents rather than be part of the Republican Party. Yeah, um, which you know is because uh, we I am. do have some, we have a yearning to be free. We have a yearning to stand on our own two feet and be our own person. But when it comes down to it, we generally just go with the crowd. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, interesting, they, they asked a poll, a question in this poll. Everyone said uh, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, uh, Gary Johnson, or Jill Stein. You've seen that poll a million times. And in this poll, it breaks down 45 for Clinton, 36 for Trump, 11% for Gary Johnson, and 3% for Jill Stein. They also asked the question, uh, these group of candidates, Hillary Clinton, 47%, Donald Trump, 35%. James Hedges, 4%, and Monica Moorhead, 3%. Now, Wait. if you don't know those names, uh, you are among uh, almost 99.9% of people who are in that way. But, of course, me being a, a, a third-party geek, yeah. I know them. Uh, Monica Moorhead is the candidate of the Workers' World Party, who gains 3% in this poll. And James Hedges is the candidate of the Prohibition Party, uh, who gets 4% in this poll. And you wonder, goodness, somebody what? trying to get rid of that evil liquor. Right. <laughs> right. And capitalism. Yeah. So why do you ask about these candidates? It's to see, I think, who will just vote for any other party. Yeah. It's not about Johnson. It's just about any person. And so those guys. Well, I'm pretty strong on my liquor regulation. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.